Hello, chat. Hi, chat. How are you doing? It's us. It's us again. We did it. I'm Yard Spiritual, and joined by Marty Sleever. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another slightly something else podcast. Ooh, look at that. We're 76% of the way towards Casey and Marty playing the Half-Life series. Obviously starting with Half-Life 1, the original. <laughs> As I keep saying, they should. But there's only five days of, to go. Weird expansions. I think but, we'll get it. I think we'll get it. We got because we have we have several streams. Not only do we have this, but Yahtzee on Friday, we're gonna be we're gonna be starting off our, our seafaring voyage. On well, uh, that was Thursday. That's Thursday. On Thursday. Yeah. On Thursday, we're gonna be starting off our seafaring voyage. I keep saying Friday. I said Friday in the morning this morning too. In a meeting this morning too, and I don't know why. Uh, uh, yes. and that of course was thanks to our lovely patrons. Uh, we also just hit seven hundred. Uh, patrons over there, which means uh, Nick will have to play another full day of Persona 5, and we are creeping closer and closer to Darren Mooney, us having to get him a video game console so that uh, Darren Mooney, our entertainment expert, can uh, play and review games like Immortality and The Last of Us. Uh, uh, uh. Sorry, what, game, what, what game would you give someone if uh, a Darren Mooney, like a, a legitimate film and television critic who doesn't play video games, where where would you start someone off in the world of video games if you, if they want to experience the the magic of video game storytelling? Um, I would start with I want to be the guy. Um, oh my gosh! Hopefully, it will put them off and they can get the fuck out of my beloved medium. <laughs> Fucking film people! It always happens, isn't it? Film people come into video games and everyone's like, oh. Oh, you make films. You must know much better than us how to make games. T show us how it's done, great sensei. And Steven Spielberg gives his fucking boom blocks that no one ever talks about. Six months <laughs> but the, the problem line. is, we're also we're also we're on the cusp of The Last of Us coming out. So now we're going to get a bunch of gamers who are like, I know how to make. Well, it is interesting because The Last of Us TV show um, is co-written by Neil Druckmann, so we're seeing if the opposite can work as well. Well, it's a good thing you brought that up. Because this week's topic, and slightly something else, is relationships in games. Relating partly to The Last of Us coming out as a film thing, which of course centralizes a father-daughter relationship. Mm -hmm. Not the only game to centralize a father-daughter relationship. There's been quite a few of those. Yeah. To call them the, the hairy dad genre. Yeah, also, they're, not, they're not going away. <laughs> yeah, but also relationships generally. Yeah. Uh, relating to my last extra punctuation that went out on YouTube, which was on the subject of romances in games, my favourite being the one between the Prince and Farah in Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. That's a great one. Um, yeah, our our uh, the the art, our thumbnail art, was like a little hornier than what we imagined this, yeah. this topic would be. Mostly because if you include Catherine from Catherine, everything gets a little bit hornier. Uh, but we wanted this sticky. to be the all-encompassing relationships um, um yeah. so get romantic relationships out of your mind when you get stickiness out of your mind get it out of your mind but then for some of the games you can bring the stickiness back it's fine so a commenter made an interesting point on the uh sands of time romance extra punctuation is that one of my points that i made in that video was that for a romance to work for me all the mm -hmm. uh participants have to be fully rounded characters yeah but that sort of puts video games on the back foot because there's only one character you are going to be able to control as a player mm -hmm. uh, who has a, and you have a sort of fundamentally different relationship with them yeah it ends up being uh, it's a lot of romance in games is role playing right like it is yeah, yeah. Um, you you entering the shoes of a character and you trying to do things for them slash for you 
Yeah, it's a very transactional approach to romance. Badger this person enough and they will be your friend. You don't really have effective relationships if you sort of take control away from the player and characterize the participant of the romance uh, apart from them. There was not a whole lot of role-playing going on in The Last of Us. You were just Joel, hairy mm -hmm. dad extraordinaire. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a lot of games with those either um, paternal or platonic relationships, whether it be... Uh, you know, The Last of Us or uh, the recent God of War games or even like recently like A Plague Tale um, um, with a, obviously a, a, a brother-sister relationship is um, that is very much an authored relationship. Like there's mm -hmm. not a whole lot you can do. You you can't choose to, you know, put a wedge between Joel and Ellie or put a wedge between Kratos and Atreus. It's like the arc of their relationship has been predetermined and you will play what the author's intent was for that. In other words, it's just like a film. It's just like a film, yeah, which makes sense why I think everything we just mentioned is being turned into a movie or a TV show, so, yeah. Yes, so obviously, uh, to be more effective in the interactive space, you'd want something that involves the player, and like something mm -hmm. like your harem system, and something like a Persona or a Stardew Valley. Yes, yes, persona. we're going to have to bring up waifus at some point. Yes! <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I the harem system. Okay. I always feel those systems feel a little limited. They do. Yeah, you mentioned, I think you mentioned the word transactional earlier. And I remember um, I th someone used the term kindness coins, that relationships in a lot of games are transactions of kindness coins. Like you do a good thing for a person and in return, yeah. you get one point in the we can sleep together at some point yes. phase. We are which, entitled to sex. That's yeah, a which healthy thing to get into the minds of uh, lonely men. <laughs> it feels it's like the the low hanging fruit when it comes to when it comes to mechanics. But yeah, it's not a no. I'm gonna be honest, not a great lesson to to to, to pull from. I don't know how you fix that though. I mean, video <sighs> games, romances either fall into the category of it's just an authored thing that we weren't involved with, or it's just whoever you badger enough agrees to snog you yeah yeah but, but how That's... would one gamify the experience of romance otherwise i mean the very fact that you have to gamify it sort of turns it into a transactional thing you did the right thing you got sex yeah i think uh so i mean first and foremost obviously we're not like saying that these systems are bad across the board we obviously mm. both enjoy persona and we'll talk about waifus but um <clears throat> it, it feels like a way to do this in a more nuanced manner would be uh, which we say a lot in games where games like if we want player choice in games we don't just launch oh oh here's a decision do you blow up the town or not blow up the town um but more of the game is constantly reacting to what you are doing in the moment so mm -hmm. like you know maybe a, a character in persona it's not just because you chose to spend the afternoon with them thus getting you three character points because that's how you allotted it but um they see what you're doing in combat maybe there's a character who like who who is attracted to the way you know the way you use magic in combat or the way you use you know the melee attacks in combat or maybe there's a character that's attracted to the way you are exploring the world and the more you explore the world and the more of a cultured person you become that's something that grows a relationship right. with a character like i could see that going forward where you know maybe some characters have that kind of transactional thing but other ones are sort of um like hidden like behind the scenes stats that you don't even realize you're building up and through dialogue you're slowly realizing oh these two characters are becoming like a little bit closer ah so you want to treat uh 
romances, harem, harem romances, the same way they treat endings in Silent Hill 2. There was two. Ah, <laughs> ah, you I was wondering you which... You stared at a knife on a hospital roof. That means uh, you I'm slightly more attractive to the to the goth girl who slits her wrist. <laughs> I was wondering I was wondering what would come up first, Persona and or uh, Silent Hill, and it turns out Persona beat Silent Hill by about three minutes. So so good on that. Um it's hard yeah, bubble to, crumble. I guess oh, the problem ahead. is you, it's hard to have, uh, feel like your romance partner is a fully rounded character if you know a specific set of actions will cause them to fall for you. I would rather not know. That's the thing. Is like I would rather go in blind, and I would rather, you know, not have three different choices to choose from, and wonder which one is going to, you know, be like, oh, this is on. Like she, she obviously wants to be, uh, 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 you know, comforted of the fact that her friend tried to commit suicide. So I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna be kind to her. Um, whereas, like, I'd rather let my actions as the player build that out with me not even realizing that um bumble crumble mentioned the you know the x will remember that thing from telltale games which i liked in theory but then every time i saw it it made me think about yeah, the game as yeah. a game as opposed to like i i like that again i like that under the hood but yeah. when presented to us uh it was cute at the time but in retrospect I mean, it really does of... highlight that you're playing a game when that happens because you yeah know, ordinarily you'd think that would go unspoken. Well, of course they'll remember I said that. Everyone mm -hmm. will remember everything I said because we are humans with memories and shit. The fact yeah. that this and this one specific situation is the only time when it, that they remembered what I said just makes them seem a bit ignorant, really. Like, they're not paying attention mm -hmm. most of the time. Yeah. I'll tell you what I always think... I've always thought for a while that uh, would make a, rom a harem romance feel more effective. And this is something I'm implementing in Starstruck Vagabond, incidentally. Ooh. So we'll be able to put my theory to the test at some point. Is that there's the, the romance partners should have preferences of their own. There should be certain builds, certain types of character you could be that they would just never go for. No matter yeah. how many presents you gave them and no matter how many uh, uh, dates you took them on. Mm -hmm. So the, my whole game's got this thing uh, where you have you pick one of from one of nine personality types, and all the NPC crew members you can romance uh, correspond to one of those personality types, and some of them just don't get on. Some of them mm -hmm. will just never have a romance because they're just fundamentally they don't gel mentally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's real life, right? Like that's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. that's that's the that's the intention. Like like you said, a lot of it happens behind the scenes. A lot of it, not just behind the scenes, but the fact that the romance progresses um, because of things you're doing as a matter of course. The, the mm -hmm. romances are progressing in the background. So one mechanic that I mentioned in the, the upcoming extra punctuation that's already uh, visible to members, in which I talk about. The progress of Starstruck Vagabond at the moment. Uh, fairly recently, I implemented uh, crew quests, which are sort of like, you know, uh, the way certain open world games do quests where it's just, you know, kill 10 such and such is as a matter of course and to get some uh -huh. extra experience points. So, with the crew quests of Starstruck Vagabond, every now and again, one of your crew members will just say, hey, uh, engine's a bit dirty, or hey, we haven't, like, surveyed a planet recently. And then it'll say on your screen saying, such and such thinks we should survey a planet. And then you do that because this is just one of the standard activities of the game. So eventually yeah. you'll probably do it anyway. And once you do that, the, the character goes, oh, well, thanks for listening to my input. I'm glad you value my opinion. And your relationship goes yeah. up with them a bit. 
and then I feel like that could even be compounded where you are forced to make it like a decision. You have or in life, you have to make decisions. And at some point, if two people have, you know, opposing viewpoints, you kind of have to go with one of them. And then, you know, yeah, I think every decision in life is going to have sort of a butterfly effect that that'll that'll pivot to something else. I want to say Dragon Age sort of does that. Like there are a lot of decisions that some party members like, but others don't. And uh, I, I want to say, in Dragon Age Inquisition, especially, I definitely got the sense that some of the party members were just never going to go with me, were just never going to go for the decisions I was making. Yeah. So I yeah. just sort of mentally struck them off as romance targets in my head. I would, I would also like the idea of romance existing in games outside of me and the player character. Like in a Persona game, it is, it is your character. And they're either just just snogging away, and everyone else is sexless unless they're unless they're getting with your character. I can't I'd like, of, like I, I think we've if you leave a couple up. characters on the bench. I want them to start to develop a big relationship. Like I didn't take you guys into the dungeon, but maybe you went out on a date yourself, and then suddenly, oh, uh, Ryuji and Haru, they got a little spark going on. What's going on I, there? I think we've brought this up in the past because I've mentioned it as something that would make an interesting sort of side quest in games like Stardew Valley. And which I which I've thought about would be nice to implement in my game, but uh, in the mm -hmm. end, it's all getting too complicated anyway, so it probably won't. Where as well as like pursuing one person for romance, you could sort of try to act as matchmaker on the side. Yeah, I think that'd be cute. You could do a thing if you've got like an RPG where yeah. you've got like a bunch of uh, side NPCs in your party. Maybe you could do a thing where you have the ability to send party members off on missions without you. And you can choose what, how to partner them up for those missions. So you could say, "Hey, uh, yeah, you could build their relationship." Hey, what's your face and uh, who's your tits? You two, yeah, go to the next town and complete this mission that's about you know destabilizing the enemy resistance or whatever. And then while they're mm -hmm. doing that, they're like uh, between themselves relationship goes up. Someone, people are mentioning Fire Emblem in the chat. Uh, yeah, and that's in, definitely a thing you can do in Fire Emblem. Like, yeah, you can send, uh, you can like hook up different members of your army by sending them on missions together, and eventually uh -huh. they have offspring that have special stats. Then, it, it, then it feels like you're we're getting into like weird god puppet master territory, like The Sims, where it's like yeah. I, I will be the puppeteer to make these relationships happen while I well, view everything from so some people, some people like that. Some some people. Oh, there's nothing. Like, really I think that's like an entire facet of relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's like absolutely a, a facet of of these games. That's different than like the you know or Bioware model of um, you know P protagonists sort of like protagonist sexuals. I've heard it called. Nobody's heterosexual or homosexual. Everyone's just yeah. protagonist sexual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone was mentioning earlier. There's a character apparently in Cyberpunk that will not romance you if you play as a male character. Like that's just which like makes that, sense is what I'm talking about. Characters only, you know. <laughs> yeah, some yeah. Some people like giving, yeah, giving dudes. the characters agency of their own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it, um, isn't it? You want them to have agency you... because it feels more satisfying to romance someone with you know ideas of their own, rather than just a sort of sex doll that just uh, had sex with you because you put enough quarters into it. Yeah, Coin operated sex doll. Kind of Probably keep them in railway stations. Yeah. Oh, I bet in Japan they're very clean. Yeah, everything everything at the train stations in Japan is very clean. Um, what do you uh, uh, What do you think about games that uh, 
don't just highlight like the the building of a relationship until you you finally get to, to romance a character, but like deal with uh, the fallout of a relationship, like deal with breakups and deal with and not in like the goofy way of you romance too many characters in Persona and they all showed up on Valentine's Day and were angry, but like well, um, romance games is... like Lawrence or Unpacking or Maquette, which are like indie games that dealt with kind of breakups and romance and, and partnering was... up is a fundamental part of the human experience. So you could say. Mm-hmm. Like, there are video games and video game stories that cater to basically every stage of a relationship. There are games that are about uh, starting a romance with people, and there are games that are about the end of a romance with someone. Silent Hill 2 is about the end of a romance. Uh, Any game that's about, you know, a character who is motivated by the death of, of, like, a spouse. Like, Mm -hmm. just to pull one out of my head, uh, the dude from the Bionic Commando remake. Who's like, yeah, but you, what? What? It's fine if your spouse becomes your arm. Yeah, I was wondering if you'd remember that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> stupidest twist in the world. But yeah, he's he's sort of a post-romance character. Yeah, and um, there's a lot of games that emphasize like existing relationships between people, even if it's not like explicitly romantic. Uh, it takes two. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ravenous Devils yeah. games about like yeah. couples that currently exist, but even like you know a game where you have a, a sidekick that you have for the whole game it could be about you know the process of an ongoing relationship. Yeah, I was I was uh, also thinking about that of like in terms of games with kind of platonic relationships. Um, like I always felt in, in Metal Gear Solid, most of the relationships are pretty dumb in those games, and some of them are just downright bad. But the relationship between uh, a, a naked snake and and uh, the boss in mm. in Snake Eater, like that sort of platonic slash parental slash um, you know mentor relationship that the two of them have, like make the ending of that game and the subsequent games that follow in in the chronology like all the more powerful, because my, I think they did my, a relatively good job of building it. My favorite Metal Gear relationship is Snake and Doticon, I'm afraid. I mean that is the sweetest. That is like the sweetest friendship, and that I like mean, it, and they just they go through it together. I mean, it's technically platonic as well, but there's so much you know romantic subtext to that. Yeah. I like how you have your sort of grizzled, no nonsense hero character who treats his non-violent, computer-touching sidekick as an equal. Yeah. It's it's a surprisingly yeah, rare really, thing. Like... It's surprisingly a rare thing once you start looking for it. Most most of these sort of things, you get your sort of evil West situation where you have your grizzled, take no prisoners, badass, and they just, you know, just bully all the nerds. They just bully all the nerds saying, English, dark. Yeah, no. and he never... Like, just, he just, never give me the wep- like- just give me the weapon and fuck off. <laughs> and it's, it's lovely because he never, like, even though he's introduced to him, uh, literally pissing himself in the locker of, yeah. of uh, Shadow Moses, like, Snake doesn't really judge him for that. And no. even when, like, he goes out of his weird story about having sex with his stepmom and his weird stuff with his sister, Snake doesn't judge him for that. Snake's think, like a genuine friend. I think my favorite, I think my favorite moment between them, uh, in like the optional dialogues in Metal Gear, is Metal Gear Solid Two, where at the start of the game, if you hide in a locker and call Otacon, Snake says, "Hey, Otacon, remind you of something." Of course, I'm not going to piss my pants this time. <laughs> See, that's the that's the sort of tough love that Otacon needs from his from his buddy Snake. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I really like that. And then there's also uh, of of things I jotted down. Someone mentioned Eco earlier. I feel like the the, the team Eco trilogy, um, Eco Shadow of the Colossus and Last Guardian, each present relationships in an interesting way. Whether it's um, hmm. you know the, the the sort of the silent relationship between Eco and Yorda in yeah, it's a sort uh, of a in, tragic in relationship. Yeah, uh, a lot yeah. of a lot of Famuyo Eda's games have a sort of tragic relationship theme running through them. Um, yeah, and almost all of you them, and your horse, or you and your animal. Almost all of them end with you. You know, put your bollocks on the line to save your relationship, and now you can never be together. Ha ha! That's yeah, basically how all those games end. It's a sad man. They said they're 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 going to talk about their new game this year. I'm excited about that. Ooh, well, I guess I hope, they're called Gen Design. Do you think it will end with the game going? Ha! You can never be together ha ha yeah yeah you know I yeah that's that's, uh, that's to be expected i think that's pretty spot on yeah um i also like uh i like games where you uh your sort of the relationships and friendships you make with um even like non-romantic partners end up coming into play in the end and that's like a very anime thing of like goku needs a spirit bomb so everyone needs to send their their good juju towards yeah him, I've, but, made, um, I've made that joke before i've completed maybe like four jrpgs in my life and every single yeah. one of them ended with the protagonist almost dying and then remembering yeah. all the friends they'd made along the way and yeah. then getting all like them all praying for them and them getting up and saving the day that yeah. happens it's in funny Earthbound, you, could about Earthbound, you could be talking about persona <laughs> Happens at Earthbound, like basically every Persona game. It happens yeah. at the end of Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door, which is another yeah. the very small number of JRPGs I finished. Yeah, <laughs> it is weird that you just gravitate the game towards the games that do that exact same thing every time. Well, as I said in my last extra punctuation, I am a sucker for a good romance. I yeah, may, I think it's I may come across as a cold, unfeeling bastard sometimes, but you know, I really like Spirit Fairer. I, yeah. I'm very easily won over by a really effective relationship story. Yeah, Spirit Fairer is a really good, uh, a really good one to bring up too, because that's one that it's uh, you know partly really great writing and then partly um, you know leading leaning into the mechanics. Um, yeah. Like uh, also, the actual, the actual uh, dealing the dealing with death—that's another fundamental part of the human experience. Yeah, I mean that's ultimately that the last step of all relationships, right? Is, oh, yes, is that death or breakup. Um, yeah, which I guess can sometimes feel like death. Um, uh, in terms of that stuff, uh, I did you play Florence, that indie game? That's like an hour Florence. long about a relationship. Florence, I yeah. I don't believe I have played that one. Okay. That was like an Annapurna game. I think it started off on the phone and then it might be on PC now, but it's pretty much about a, it's like starts at a meet cute and, and goes all the way to the end of the relationship. Um, but it, it, it deals with uh, breakups in uh, really realistic and like super interesting ways that I've rarely seen a game do, you know, via its mechanics. Um, and then last year, well, I guess not last year, two years ago's um, Unpacking, a game I brought up earlier. Uh, I really liked how um, you know, the game did such an incredible job of the environment was the storytelling, mm. but being able to see various stages of relationships through the things you carry with you in an apartment or in a house and, you know, a toxic yeah. relationship where someone won't give you any space in a shared living space versus, you know, what a caring and nurturing relationship is where you two share the space together. And you know, Yeah, I think it's much more effective, especially in the interactive space, if you, fo if you focus less on, you know, the nuts and bolts of... You know the relationship starts and relationships ends and more on just mm -hmm. um 
you know, the immersion storytelling thing of just uh, being surrounded in the elements of a relationship and letting them all sort of, uh, sort of soaking in the atmosphere of one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With games, it's an interesting, like, in order to, to create a lasting relationship in a game, it kind of needs to be like a three-hander. Like, there, there there needs to be good writing at its core, or, you know, even if it's a non-verbal one, there needs to be um, good emotion through it. Um, the best ones have something interesting mechanically about it, and then, like you said, sort of that, um, that the entire vibe, or like the je ne sais quoi over it, which um, I really liked Firewatch in that respect, the, uh, the relationship yeah. that henry and delilah form yeah. in that game and i mean it's a walking zim but yeah yeah i mean don't like i said you, like i don't like you said that pejoratively what's going on there well you know i don't like walking sims i like uh you yeah. know effective gameplay design that's why i like the prince of persia relationship because it's also a very good game and mm -hmm. you know it uses uh, the uh fundamental setup of we're only in control of one character to only like so that we see the entire relationship only through that one character's perspective yeah, uh, and we hear him muttering about it when he's by himself and like complaining about uh, how this woman needs to toe the line because he's an absolute prick. Yeah, and even like by the end of it, you don't you don't really know how genuine the love on the lady's side of things was because the last mm. thing, like almost the last thing she does, is like betray you. Yeah, yeah, and she's definitely manipulating you through the game, but you know that's the. It's not so much will they, won't they, it's is she, isn't she? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good way to point it. It's fraud, yeah. it's interesting, and uh, I think it uses the video game format effectively. You never really get into Farah's head. Yeah, I almost feel like, yeah, in that respect, it almost feels like a classic, I don't mean this pejoratively, like a Disney, a classic Disney relationship, where a lot of those classic Disney movies, you are, you are firmly planted in one character's POV. And mm. and kind of what you get is is the bias that comes from that and and yeah I, I I like that idea in a game because in all those other games we're talking about it seems like you, you, there's the promise of if you do X enough times you will get Y in return mm. and that promise can't exist in in a game like that no but then you know uh, it's uh, a crafted romantic narrative so nothing the player yeah. is going to change the outcome yeah yeah. Yeah, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, um, no, no. you know, as we've said before. And, and uh, you know, if done well, like, I really like the the relationship between uh, BJ and Anya in the uh, second Wolfenstein game, the new Colossus. Uh, you know, it's nice to see that they fuck. It's, it's, yeah, it's, and it's done well and not, like, weird. It's, I mean, it's, it's just I mean, I was talking about the sort of, you know, the stock badass character archetype, but... Uh, how often do you get the sense that this character fucks? Because, you know... Not often. Because <laughs> half the time it feels like they just... Uh, they just like, never even think about sex at all because the mission is I too important. genuinely cannot imagine that Kratos had sex yeah. at least multiple times to father multiple children. It just seems weird. It's well, just weird because like you can physically make him have sex during the course of the first you three God of War games. <laughs> yeah, you could. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it just seems like a character, like, the the bones of the relationship are done, no pun intended, are, are like, handled well, and his, his um, like, especially in, in Ragnarok, you have sort of these flashbacks, and I think they're done really well, but you just can't, I just can't picture that, that thing, that person having sex. 
It just doesn't seem much like someone who would open himself up to, to intimacy. What about um, Atreus and his love interest? Do you like obviously a few years down the line? But uh, do you, Ag- could you Ag- imagine Ag- them? Ag- fucking, Ag- yeah, whatever. Ag- name Boga? Was. Oog- uh, Oogie, yeah. Oogie Boogie, yeah, yeah. Atreus, yeah, Atreus, yeah. He's definitely good. he's gonna lay some pipe. Uh, no, I, I, I don't see any. I, I don't see any of that either. Um, and to be perfectly honest, like I don't see that from most of the characters I play as in games. Like I don't. Well, think quite. That's what I mean. The, I mean, a big part of you know someone being believable as a character is feeling like you could imagine them fucking. In my opinion, yeah. It and that's sounds of, crass, but it applies pretty well, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's handled well in. I mean, everyone has has their opinions on it, but in Ellie and the Last of Us Two. And, yeah, she and, fucks. Her relationship, yeah, I think that's handled really well. Abby in The Last of Us too. Um Yeah, I think it's it's I, I don't know like what it is that, that certain characters are like, okay, I could totally see this, but like yeah, my my pro tags in three and in, in persona, like four and five, I don't I don't see that at all. Like Solid can, Snake, I don't I don't know what's going on there. He's not doing anything. Couldn't imagine yeah. JC Denton fucking. No, Jesus. Yeah, any of those there was uh someone put up recently like uh it looked like uh it was like a Six by six board of a bunch of mug shots of uh, a bunch of uh, main characters from games in like the 2000s and the early teens, and how just every one of them looked exactly the same. Yeah, white uh, dude, I, I can't brown hair. Yeah, couldn't imagine yeah. them fucking. Yeah, yeah, short hair. Whereas a game like someone uh, MRR just mentioned Hades, like Hades, absolutely. Like every character in that game seemed all horned up and ready to go, and I love that. Should we get a super Me- chat? I feel like we're just sort of drifting around the topic here. And, yeah, uh, speaking of horned up and, and ready fine. to go. I bet chat's horned up and ready to go. Um, aren't I they always? Yeah. Aren't they always? Okay. Well, uh, I hope I'm at the start here, but as I say, I don't have access to the YouTube account right now. Sherry Deanne Hernandez, welcome to Tipjar. That's the welcome, first welcome. one. Yeah, that should be the first. Yeah. Yeah. And then Stephen Thomas, member for eight months in Tipjar. Lots of Tipjar shenanigans. Oh. Uh, the real Zeno Sapien gives $10 and says, Worst romance, Metal Gear Solid 4. Akiva comes out of nowhere, gets retconned into the story of previous installments, craps his pants, and then Meryl marries in a literal shotgun wedding. I agree, the real Xenosapien, but he wasn't retconned into the story. Uh, Johnny on the spot Akiba had been a character from Metal Gear Solid 1. He was the guard that Meryl knocked out. And then he was a sort yeah. of a, a running joke character throughout the course of the series. The one yeah. incompetent guard who uh, has really bad stomach aches and keeps shitting himself. Mm-hmm. But I agree. It was kind of stupid that a character who'd been like the main love interest in the first Metal Gear Solid game married the joke character. And they place so much emphasis on the wedding at the end of the game when it, as we've discussed, is like probably one of the least interesting relationships in Metal Gear Solid. Should have been, Snake, see, and Ot- should have been Snake and Otacon's wedding. That's what I wanted to say. When we finished the game a few weeks ago, Casey was like, "How is this actually a part of the game? Like, what? Is, like, what is happening right now? How did the guy who's like only defining trait is having IBS? Like, how is he an integral part of this?" Of I this feel like conclusion? maybe Kadima was just, you know, watched too much Shakespeare and assumed that when you're ending your big epic story, someone has to get married. And that was like there the were, only thing. I that think he, there were other characters. They should have had like Raiden as a weird robot. Just having. Fun well, he was married. already married to what's her face. Yeah, and they already had a kid, and he was in yeah. his. Yeah, he's a weird robot. Also, we started playing Revengeance. Although great. you know, a lot of people were upset at your Revengeance review. By the way, that was another shitty relationship, incidentally. Uh, uh, oh yeah, because that Jack entire fourth game, she's like. Two. 
Yeah, and yeah. Rose is in the our fourth game is pretending to be with Campbell, like for really contrived and stupid reasons that I feel really? could have very easily been explained under the table at some point. Well, also they're all literally aboard this like f like flying carrier, and that's their like safe haven. Why don't they just bring Rose and the kid aboard the flying carrier, and they can make eggs yeah. with Sunny and yeah, teach uh, her how to yeah, fuck them up. Uh, people were upset at your review of Revengeance, apparently. Oh, G-Jums. G-Jums is me. You, you, corrupted the main internet. After a decade. It's 10 years. Why are you still mad? About the game. What did I say about the game? I, I don't even remember what I said about Metal Gear. It was 10 years ago. Who knows? What did I, I say? Well, uh, apparently, you didn't like the music. Well, I, I didn't. Anyway. <laughs> I, I remember having to turn the fucking music off so I could, so I could pay attention to when I had to parry. <laughs> They were very upset. I think I think in retrospect it's a pretty strong game. I think I, I think I after all that I ended up putting it in my top five of the year, if memory serves. Okay. I mean obviously it's completely was a solid year. Obviously it's completely mad, but you know, in it a is. fun way. Yeah. It's also we we just got to the chapter where Raiden goes undercover in Mexico, I believe. He's just that's, wearing a big ass yeah. sombrero. That is just that is just the beginning of the silliness of Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. That is that is the thin end of the wedge where the silliness of Metal Gear Rising Revengeance is concerned. <laughs> I mean, the intentionally silly stuff is almost sensible in, in by comparison. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, Matthew Adkins, member for five months in early access, says, "In real life, I won my wife over with romance coins." Was that just money? Yeah, did you just pay, did you just buy a Russian bride? That's fine. We're not, that was our romance coins. Those are just regular, that's just yeah, yeah. regular money. Or you could, you could uh, call them romance coins. That's not, like, also doing nice things for people is also a good thing, but not if you're immediately, if you're expecting like this to be a two-way transaction. Just do nice things because it's nice to do nice things. There you go. Uh, MRRD. MRRD gives five... Uh, Canadian dollars says best romance Dragon Age Inquisition two romanceful NPCs getting together independently of the RPG Putag with the best ship name Adorable I didn't remember that but uh, that doesn't oh. that happen in Mass Effect as well I think uh, Garrus uh, and Tali yeah someone was saying Garrus and Tali yeah yeah, yeah they I hook love. up if you don't hook up with either of them and I think it's true of yeah, like the I Persona games that the waifus you don't go for or you know they don't like overtly get together with anyone but there's there's an obvious pairing I mean, amongst the other characters, in my uh, opinion. Yeah, there's like the Kanji Naoto. In yeah, Kanji Naoto. I would say Chie and Yosuke feel like yeah, they have... Yeah, Yosuke keeps fucking breaking her DVDs. Well, I feel like there's a chemistry there. They're clearly at ease with each other. Yeah. And in Persona 5, you know, uh, I think Ryuji and Anne make it a natural pairing. I think... No. Uh, Lady on. I think um what's his name? Fox and uh he's uh, gay. He's gay. He's yeah, pretty sure he's gay though, right? Well, well apparently there's a popular nice. fan pairing of uh Yusuke with the Oracle, whatever her real name is. With Futaba? Because they're the they're the two weirdos. They're the two antisocial weirdos. Yeah. I guess so. I guess, I yeah, guess Makoto doesn't really have a pairing, which is probably why Makoto is the one you should go with. It's the one I went with. It's got too many turtlenecks. What are you doing with all those turtlenecks? I like them harsh. Is your neck cold? I like to be domed. 
Oh, God. Beautiful. Uh, Wesley Thomas gives 10 uh, Canadian dollars. Says, a great man once compared romance in games to having to include a line dancing competition in all media by law. And it's insane when you actually examine this in detail. Why do we need this at all? Well, that's something I may have said in the past. I think uh, my view is a little more nuanced these days. Like I said, relationships well, are the no, fundamental part of the human... every game needs it. No, no, no. Yeah. no I'm just saying... Um, as I said, relationships are a fundamental part of the human experience. Mm -hmm. If you take, like, every game as sort of a representation of a character's life, it's natural for relationships to come up. It's just, you know, yeah. it's, no, it's a little bit, saying, like, sometimes it's a little contrived. Zelda needs more banging. I think it's a little, sometimes it's a little contrived if they just work romance in, because I think uh, finding someone you have a romantic spark with is actually quite a rare thing. Like, it shouldn't just happen incidentally. Yeah. Yeah, like it should be something that be almost is like a, a something you stumble into or stumble that's like something yeah. that's like a, a, a random, a happy accident. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in my, ex in my experience that uh, with relationships, which is considerable, for I'm a married man with numerous uh, mm -hmm. relationships before then, is that you kind of, mm -hmm. you, you can't really force romance if there's a spark, you'll know. You just need to get together with people. Yeah. And uh, if it, if you ever feel like, you know, there's an awkward pause is, and uh, they're not really making eye contact, then there's no real sense sort of pushing it any further. Don't like badger them for sex or anything. Yeah. That's uh, that's never a good look. But if there's a genuine spark, you'll know and they'll know. So don't you know all those people who say, uh. Oh, is this woman really into me? Should I uh, uh, keep pursuing this? Uh, please, I don't. I can't read the signals. It's probably not. Yeah, probably not. So there's plenty more fish in the sea. Move on. Find someone you have a genuine spark with, because you'll know. Yeah. A bit of dating also, advice. Go to the church and start playing shogi with a with a quiet girl. Yeah, the show. monthly dating dating advice with Yahtzee. Yeah, maybe you'll meet someone at a church. Could happen. They probably wouldn't yeah. be terribly adventurous, but it could happen. Hey, shogi is very adventurous. I don't know exactly what it is, but it seems like chess and checkers combined. Yeah, just to mention it for anyone else does, your webcam's kind of fucking up. And the image... Oh! Uh, what happened? The image oh, keeps, no. Yeah, the image keeps going weird on us. Am I still here? Yeah, you're still here. I, okay, I don't your know. Your voice seems fine. My internet's being more fun. Okay, well, that's that's my important thing. Well, maybe we should just turn your webcam off at some point if it fucks up anymore. I, I worry well, it's annoying it people. I'm gonna go off and on. I'm, gonna see what I'm sorry, right. everybody. Off. On. Now we're back on. Did it work? Uh, not really. Never mind. Okay. Well, we're just going off forever. Okay, bye, everybody. To, okay, say goodbye to Marty's face. His face. Camera well, off. Yeah, hopefully the connection is less spotty when it doesn't have to send video. Well, anyway. Sorry, everybody. I will now awkwardly converse with this static image. 
Henchman Shuffle, nice. member, for, member, for, member for 15 <laughs> months just... in bonus content, says, out of curiosity, what do you think of the romance stuff for The Witcher 3? In the Blood and Wine DLC, Geralt retires with a love interest. Well, I remember the sex scenes were pretty hot. Don't you get that? Isn't there one on, like, a unicorn? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the rug. that's the main um, one I got. I, I, was, I know I was playing uh, Geralt as fairly Witch. monogamous when I was playing The Witcher Three. Was that Yennefer? Is that yeah. Yennefer? Yeah, I watched yeah. a season of the show. I never, I never. Yes, Yennefer um, was the one. With I, the I know unicorn. the Witcher. The first Witcher game. The first Witcher game sort of did the. Uh, um, it took the, the sort of the kindness coins thing to the next level by like every time you would romance someone, you'd get a card. Yeah, it was trading cards. And you can like put relationships. The card. Yeah. Collect them all. That's, that's probably not great. Put them in an album with the emphasis on bum. There you go. Uh, Pinwheel Pinwheel Arts gives five pounds and says, one of my favorite relationships was in Stardew Valley when I chose Leia, but ended up getting attached to Maru through actual organic gameplay. Well, like I said, if you feel like yeah, you nice. have to go out of your way to romance someone, like having to chase them around town holding a potato over your head so you can fling it at their face, yeah, then it's probably going to feel a bit artificial. But the one you just sort of naturally yeah. see all yeah. the time based on your specific gameplay style, probably more natural fit. That sounds really nice. Yeah. Heartwarming, oh. really. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Sherry D. Hernandez gives $20 and a weird emoji of a lemon-headed man making flowers grow. I, it's yeah, hard to describe. Yeah, and like little hearts are coming out. It's, I think it's very nice. Is it supposed to be like beautiful. an image of a lemon person distributing love at us? I think that's what they're trying to do there. I think so. And and that person's love is causing flowers to grow, which seems very nice. That seems like it could be an indie game in and of itself. That is very nice. Uh, Pinwheel Arts gives five pounds. Says also Yahtzee. Which of your coined terms are you the most proud of? Personally, I love Spunk Gargle Wee Wee and still use it to this day for that genre. Well, it, it's hard to explain what that means uh, if you don't have context. Pinwheel Arts. That's why I prefer stuff like Spectacle Fighter. <laughs> Where you can kind of tell what it means yeah. just from the name. Yeah, I think that's the one that makes the most, and it's probably the one that's that's caught on with the most folks, right? Hmm. Even Steam was using. Yeah, it, yeah, it was on that Steam sale fairly recently. Yeah, yeah, they didn't call them character action yes, games; they called them spectacle fighters. Yeah, That'll I also show don't. I don't think Steam's going to have a Spunk Cargo Wii Wii sale at any point no. soon. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Unless it's to <laughs> offload few of those anime, anime hentai games. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Rob Rob Mace, member for seven months in early access, says, can you do a best, worst, and blandest five waifus? Well, that would take, that would require a game with 15 waifus in it. Or unless you're saying we should take waifus well, from waifus. multiple different sources. Oh, wow. Best waifus ever. There's so I'd have waifus. to rank waifus from all the Stardew Valley, all of Persona, and all of uh, Dragon Age and Mass Effect, and all of that. Well, certainly so sounds like has to be something where you have multiple options, right? Well, certainly sounds like the stuff of YouTube clickbait garbage, listicle, 
garbage. Maybe you could hey, do that, Rob Mays. Maybe that could be your path to success. Wow. Incredible. So, yeah, but like a waifu, you have to have multiple options in a game in order for there to be a waifu, right? Like if a game is about a monogamous relationship, that person cannot be a waifu. Hmm, well, that's an arguable point. Do you, can, like, do you, can, a waifu, can, can a waifu... Can a waifu well, anime fans have waifus from, like, animes who are just, you know, the one character they like the most from that anime. Yeah. I mean, waifu, we've, we're we using waifu to you to specifically talk about dating options in video games, but uh, the term waifu exists outside of that scope. Gotcha. All right. This is, this is a tough question. See, we're doing yeah, hard, yeah. hard-hitting journalism. Hard-hitting waifu-related journalism. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Fill my ass up. Uh, gives 15 Norwegian Chrono and says, My soft spot for characters that you can empathise with and it can result in them being kitted out better than your own character by the end. It's nice, that, isn't it? When you can get attached to a character in RPG and you start giving them all the best stuff because they're your favourite. Like when you're doing the uh, equipment shuffle where you get the best equipment, so you give your old equipment to your favourite party your member and move all their equipment to yeah. your second favourite party member and so on. Yeah, exactly. If you were like, I like you that were too like, it makes it feel like you're a good friend. If you were playing like Persona 5 and you were like buying equipment at the shop and you only had enough money to upgrade the equipment of one party member, which one would you which one do you upgrade first? Does is it just like purely gameplay focused for you or do you just or do you uh, favor your waifu in these scenarios? Uh, I, I favor people. Well, I will always go main character because that person is always going to be in my party. But well, when yes. it comes next, uh, uh, it's funny. Romance-wise, Makoto's <clears throat> not my go-to waifu in the game. However, party-wise, she never leaves my party when she's in the party. Every playthrough I've had of Persona, Makoto has been there with me. Well, often through. these things which go makes, together, as makes, we say. Maybe she should be my wife. Maybe she should be my more, waifu. Yeah, maybe I'm lying to, myself. Makes sense to get closer to the person you spend the most time with. That's uh, yeah, that's a little bit of to... gameplay narrative merging together there. I'm starting to let uh, An's aspiring modeldom and then uh, uh, Kasumi's uh, uh, psychological angst get the better Puh. of me. Maybe I should just maybe I should just settle down with Makoto. Puh, aspiring modeldom. How many failed? How many failed idols are there in Japan these days? I was about to say, how many failed idols are there in the Persona series? Oh, Not yeah. Rise. Rise is a success. She's uh, fine. She's ostensibly. The best one. Number one. Number one. Well, we'll see what happens when she turns 30, I guess. No, no, Rise. What's the well, usual... she knows how to make, she knows how to make like, uh, tofu, right? She her grandma usual... tofu shop. What's the usual career path for idols in Japan? Because I assume not many of them can continue idling past their mid-twenties. I mean, that is a good question. Do they yeah, just become a you, coach, like in football? Oh, just, yeah, you could be like an idol coach. Do know? they coach the young waifus? Idols, yeah. I mean. Ooh, Freudian slip there. Oh, no. <clears throat> hubba, hubba. Anyway, well, I'm sure someone in the chat is going to lecture us on the subject, even as we speak. <laughs> so, where were we? Johnny P, $2, and says, What's a first date idea instead of drinks, lol? Uh, coffee. I know that's also drinks, coffee? but uh, yeah, usually works for me. Have a coffee, yeah. have a chat during the day. Go for a walk. Go, Go for, for a little walk. wander. 
just just have a coffee and says and uh, if you think it's going well just say something like oh I, I have to run an errand down by the library you could come with if you want and then just have a little yeah. walk yeah there you go throw empties at pigeons uh hire someone to pretend to mug you guys and then you can stop the mugging because people love people who stop muggings or get them to murder you and then your prospective date can become batman think about that you could be the change you want to see in the world by creating a batman there you so, go there you go the merchant of life gives 20 pounds says hey guys love all the deep dives just a general writing question as just starting first draft for first book and feel like i may be over describing how do you feel you're given enough scene setting and can move on thanks i tend to, i tend not to worry about it too much mm -hmm. i mean uh, give i mean you have to remember like by necessity the reader is going to be putting together their own interpretation of the scene you're describing yeah. And most people don't really need that much prompting. So if you just say something like, uh, I sat back and turned off the TV. Instantly we know where we are. We're in a living room watching TV, probably on a couch. Let the let the author just sort of, let the reader just sort of fill that in in their head. Let them imagine yeah. the room, imagine the couch. Yeah, unless the specifics of the room are going to be incredibly important for well, what you quite. have in store for the story, the players, if, if it's something that people, everyone has experienced in their life, uh, the readers will be able to um, fill in the blanks on their own and even gain a little bit of ownership over the story. I, I like reading read stories and then being like, oh, this is I'm, I'm picturing this is happening in my childhood bedroom or whatever. I have been reading a book, a published novel, I think it was like a TV show tie-in, uh, and uh, every time a new character was introduced, the author describes everything they're wearing from like head to toe mm -hmm. and i was like this is something like you know 15 year olds in high school do yeah they feel like they have to fully describe the character in their head yeah it's not, it's not necessary just say like uh he had an official bearing there maybe he's in a uniform let the let the let the reader figure it out i like that, that and that also gives uh that, that puts a uh modicum of trust in your audience which i think is always appreciated yeah. just write what happens in my experience if you know what's going on in your head a lot of it will come across as you write mm -hmm. it sort of unconsciously yeah anyway uh bistro gives five dollars and says if your zero punctuation avatar came to life and tried to kill you how would they do it Oh no. Well, they probably couldn't do it because all their arms and legs are detached from their body, so they just lie on the floor being very ineffective. They just kind of roll around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could probably, I think you could kill, you could kill your ZP avatar pretty easily. He's beat yeah. to death with a hammer. Yeah. yeah, and then like pluck the head off the body and then take the body and swallow it because it's like a big pill. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, Yano Julian Moreira Aslan gives 450 arses and says the fact that you must be able to date every character in Persona games brings the overall depth of those characters down. Chie and Yosuke from Persona 4 had great chemistry but nothing came out of it. Yeah, that's what we said. That's why we're saying yeah. we should have the option to matchmake if we want. Yeah, I think that'd be nice. Also, by the, the fact that the games have, have been strictly uh, heterosexual, I feel like has, has kind of diminishes some of that. Like, Wasn't I, there... I want to be able to date I remember reading there was like there's like files in Persona 4 that you can like find if you hack into it that indicate there was uh, a homosexual romance with Yosuke considered at one point. Yeah, yeah, the things got actual romantic by the time you reached the the, the top of that confidant rank. I feel um, like Japan is 
I'm very behind with all this. Yep. I agree. I, my hope is that as we get younger and younger creators, that they're they have more of a more and more of a sort of. I mean, like Western mindset. Western developed indie stuff with the uh, romance in it, very frequently like engages with homosexuality and mm -hmm. uh, uh, transgender and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I've played a lot of yeah. games where they ask you to supply your pronouns. Yeah, in the indie space. Mm -hmm. Which I think is becoming, uh, I, I don't know, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, like you had, uh, um, like in Persona 3 Portable, the, the version that's coming out uh, on, on all platforms soon, you have the ability to play as a female protagonist who, mm. and she can only romance all the, the, you know, male party members and NPCs in the game. So that opens that up even more. Can you just get them to run a train on you? You can, you can get them to run a train on you. Yeah, yeah, it's big, okay. big, a big, big. Big train. <laughs> big, that's the Valentine's Day thing in that game. Is just a big train. Yeah, just a big old <laughs> man train, just chug chug chugging around the room. God. Anyway, Abdel Corrales gives two R dollars and says, "Do lead designers date? How would they know?" I'm not sure what you're asking there, Abdel Corrales. Lead designers date. I assume that people who design games also have Date. relationships in their private lives yeah how 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 would they know they probably yeah. they probably they probably know yeah, yeah. <laughs> this might surprise you but a lot of people who work in games actually have touched people of the opposite sex at some point blasphemy i don't imagine it <clears throat> uh the climate change barbarian gives 279 canadian dollars and says don't forget fable where romance was a dull chore yeah, I remember that. I remember how the game made a big fuss out of, oh, you could romance and eventually marry any NPC in the game. And uh, didn't mention exactly why anyone would want to do that, because they're all just bland NPCs yeah. filling space. Yeah, that was definitely a, like, oh, look how, look at this. You could do anything you want in the game. And it's one of those, like, do, but do I want to do anything I want? Yeah. Like, this, that's what if very... you give me a small number of fun things to do? Do anything you want is a very juvenile approach to game design, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, obviously, there's no way you're going to make a game where we can genuinely do anything we want, because maybe I want to move to the Middle East and open a sausage factory. There's got yeah. to be a core primary gameplay loop. Mm-hmm. And that has to be something. You have to say, oh, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. You have to, like, take charge a bit there. So there. Big Jubby gives five pounds. Says, are there any examples of platonic relationships between potential love interests in video games? Uh, yeah. I mean, anything that isn't romantic is platonic, right? Yeah. So there's plenty of games where... I never saw, like, when I play Final Fantasy VII, I never see Tifa and Cloud as romantic. I always see them as pals. Well, I said in my review of the Final Fantasy VII remake, Tifa's like childhood friend love interest. She, if, if it was like a dating sim, she would be the freebie. She'd be the one you get if you fuck up with everyone else. She'd be on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's sort of a stock character in your dating sims, the childhood friend character. That's yeah. why uh, Doki Doki Literature Club has one fairly centrally. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, 
Yeah, and I guess I, part of it is like again, and I mean, you can make platonic relationships in any of like in Persona if you want. You could date no one, and all of your yeah, friendships yeah. can be platonic. Um, you could just be a big old asexual weirdo. Yeah, not that being asexual is weird. You know, I just think it'd be weird if you got like nine hot anime girls hankering for your cool, charismatic form. Just seems weird not to take the opportunity. But that's just be me. Rude of, it would be rude of you not to. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, one hates to disappoint. <laughs> yeah. A superb owner gives $10 and says, In retrospect, the way GLaDOS manipulates you into falling in love with the companion cube feels like video games getting cheeky revenge for all the transactional love players have forced onto NPCs. I interpreted that more as... The game establishing that GLaDOS uh, doesn't really understand human emotions. Yeah. Like, she thinks this is how she can manipulate you, but it, it's just a box. Yeah, I definitely do think that there's part of part of it there is is some commentary on um, like maybe even the relationships that people had with someone like Alex. In, right. In the Half-Life and games. The, the NPC support. Um, yeah. I remember, uh, I think it was Gabe Newell asked why uh, the protagonist of Portal was a silent protagonist. And uh, he said that in his view, it felt like someone was, that she was just treating everything that was going on with absolute contempt. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to Which, me. Like, GLaDOS is trying I to like, like once you think that. Yeah. GLaDOS is trying to manipulate them with the companion cube and she's just, you know, stonewalling the whole effort. Yeah, yeah. This game's a pretty good. I, I'm gonna. Yeah, this is a real hot take. This game's a pretty good. Hmm. Controversy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the dogmatic director gives two dollars and says, "No comment. Just glad to see Yards doing better. Still a Aww. bit, still a bit flemmy. Although that seems like the rest of my family have it. None of them are sleeping very well." Uh, BS Marsh gives six sixty-two. And says, afternoon, gentlemen. I just joined the stream. I saw Catherine on the graphic, and I loved the game. What were your thoughts? Well, I seem to remember doing a zero punctuation of it back in the day. Ooh. I, yeah, I, I like... I like the okay. storytelling. I'm not... I wasn't really a fan of the sort of puzzly gameplay, which was a bit of a, a risk on that game's part. Yeah. It's, sort of, it's, straight, it's like a big swing, and... Yeah. Uh, it clicks with some people, and if it doesn't, I totally understand why it wouldn't click. There's like um, competitive Catherine Leagues for the people who yeah. actually get on with that gameplay, but... I yeah, it's crazy. That was one of those games when I was, like, deep into it, I was, like, thinking about it when I was sleeping and, like, walking around, and I'd be, like, walking around San Francisco and looking like, oh, I can, like, what if I pulled out a brick there and climbed to the top of that? I'm like, what the fuck is this game doing to me? Like, why, yeah. why is it making me think this that's, way? That's weird. Yeah, that is weird. That's not healthy. That's why if you go to San Francisco, there's a bunch of bricks pulled out. It's because I started doing it back in 2013. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I like that uh, Catherine is, feels like it's one of the rare games that deals with uh, infidelity and unplanned pregnancies. And um, yeah. despite the fact that it doesn't always deal with them with the the most, you know, death touch, um, given that it's an Atlas game from 2012 or whatever. Uh, I, I think it was cool that they actually tried to yeah, it's, it's, it's cool that it's about the sort of more sort of everyday anxieties of love. It's not just love as like the sort of be all and end all. Yeah, perfect, perfect thing to complete your life. Mm 
the climate change barbarian gives 279 Canadian dollars. It says, Marty, can Natalia <laughs> from GoldenEye007 be a waifu? Uh, yeah, because there's two choices. You could be, you could either romance Natalia or Zenya Oyatova, one of the two Russians. So yeah, Natalia can absolutely be a waifu. Thank you for asking me, climate change barbarian. That means a lot to me. Okay, then. Will Cooling gives two pounds and says, Rank or wank waifus? Good job Yarts can pronounce R's. Yeah, I used to have more trouble pronouncing my R's. If you go back to my early ZPs, I had more of a pronounced roticism. We done but, a lot about uh, wanking? Yeah, there was a lot of uh, talk of wanking when I was trying to talk <laughs> about ranking. <laughs> wanking of kings? Yeah. Ah, good stuff. But uh, I guess... Having to do a shouty review every week has sort of developed my voice over the years. Yep. So Beat I you down. Yeah. So I cured myself of my slight roticism. William Matthews gives £10 and says, Missing last week's episode live, I just wanted to shout out my most anticipated game of 2023 that seems to be going under the radar. Shadows of Doubt. Glad you're better too, Yahtzee. Oh, it's a game title that starts with the word shadow. Not to be confused with Shadow of the Colossus, Shadow of the Beast, Shadow of the Comet, Lost in Shadow, Shadow Shadow's Tale, Shadow, Shadow Man, Shadow Shadows Warrior, the Shadows of Mordor. Shadows of the yeah. Damned, thank you. Shadows of Mordor. It's just one of those uh, all-purpose title words, Shadow. A lot of shadows. People love shadows and people love blood. Uh, what is this <clears> game? An, an immersive sandbox detective stealth game set in a fully simulated sci-fi noir city of crime and corruption. Well, that sounds ambitious. It does. It's got. It's, it seems like it's got a lot of voxels. How do you feel about voxels? I can. Uh, I can go with voxels, but yeah, I'll be thinking fuck. of pixels. <laughs> Remember that? Maybe the way you describe it, it makes me think of that uh, cloud punk game. Did it looked a little that? bit like cloud punk. Yeah, it's not by the same people, is it? Looked like it literally could have been it set in the same world. If I'm being honest. You know, it feels like you could probably do a good detective game in the setting of Cloudpunk, because uh, it was certainly crying out for some kind of game to happen yeah. there. Yeah, they nailed the setting. They just didn't nail something fun to do in it. Now that you're describing it, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same developer. They really yeah. like their voxel cyberpunk cities. They do. Uh, John Connor member for 10 months in Tip Jar and all that. Patent Pike gives $5 and says, I feel romances in Dragon Age games would have been really nice if they just axed the gift system and based the option purely on dialogue stroke story choices. Yeah, I guess gifts always feel like a big symptom of that artificial romance coin thing. They do, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really like, I just roll my eyes every time I in my Persona 5 playthrough now where it's like, oh, do you want to give a gift to someone? And then you look at all the shit you've bought and it's like, ooh, for the sophisticated gentleman or for someone who likes running. And I'm like, that's just Ryuji. That's yeah. the only character who likes running. That's like, so, yeah. Honestly, it feels weird to give gifts to people out of nowhere. In real life, it's weird to do that. Especially I'd feel uncomfortable. Know, especially if you don't know them that well. I'd feel uncomfortable. I'd feel like, what do you expect from me now? Like, that feels like that is the, like, that is the epitome of the... Um, kind of that kindness coin thing i mean you know uh in persona 5 royal where you could where the you could take your wife who wanted like a romantic date and then at the end yeah. of it you give her flowers and she really likes the flowers that that is the moment when you give a gift to someone it feels like yeah. it has weight yeah yeah not when you're trying to build things up 
Um, also, uh, John Connor, who did join Tipjar, also had a message and he said, "How are you going to feel when you eventually see a body pillow of Starstruck, uh, Starstruck vagabond waifus? Would you be honored?" Uh, in a weird way, in a weird, yeah. slightly creeped out way, yes. Sure. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Jam on Toast, 89, member for eight months in bonus content says, Do you ever find yourself role playing a character with a sexuality other than your own? Well, I went with Anders in Dragon Age 2, so I was role playing as a gay man. There you go. I think that's the only time I've done that. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't know if you meant role play as in play in a game or role play as in like a D&D session. No. Um, I mean, it shouldn't make that much difference. I mean, it's no. just, you know, this is my dude, as I interpret them, and this feels like, this feels correct for them. Exactly. For the character. Yeah. It's, why should it, why should it matter so much? Maybe you're weird about, you know, tonguing another man's bellend, but that doesn't mean the person you're role-playing as. Tonguing mm -hmm. another man's bellend. Exactly. Excellent. Excellent. Well emphasized. Yeah, that was great. There. I you did a great job of not describing the specifics of the tongue or the bell end. And so you allowed me to like, you know, in my mind, like create create sort of a picture. So All again. Right. Brevity, the soul of wit. Connor Gibbs gives five pounds and says, I often find that writers nowadays are too OTT on dialogue in writing relationships. Surely it's better to show the subtleties of dynamic. Well, that's difficult in a video game setting because all these subtleties have to be conveyed in like motion capture animation or whatever. What is OTT? Over the top. Over the top, gotcha. So dialogue's all you really got to work with. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, you know, <laughs> I, th I think a lot of like, a lot of art in a small amount of time has to kind of go with over the top in order to to get their point across which kind of sucks because yeah. i also prefer subtle subtlety i mean uh in persona games especially dialogue's really all they got to work with because the actual character animation kind of sucks yeah not great emir gives ten dollars and says the best romance is in dragon's dogma where you get put with whichever npc had the highest reputation the game has no indicators that this will happen and the random reveal is often hilarious well, I don't think pretty... I played enough of that game to get to that point. That's pretty funny. Just be like, well, now you're fucking Griff, the yeah. archer. It's like, well, great. Okay. Mean Griff forever. Ooh, B Pendragon gifted 10 the Escapist memberships. Thanks, Holy B Pendragon. Holy Gifted then... to Richard, Padinsis, Amrau, Lev, Louise, Bearded Bunny, Galen Plex, Wicked. Oh, my gosh. Brian, CWR. What a. Dude, what a bunch of people added to the cool kids club there. Yeah, and now you can watch you can watch Yahtzee's uh, best worst and blandest. You can watch last week's uh, EP. You can watch the latest episode of Adventures Nigh, which people in the Discord people said they cried. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got were, tears. Apparently, tears there, were act, there were actual tears. Holy moly! Uh, Captain Loin uh, gives $5 and says, In Lufia 2, Silan and Maxim dated, got married, had a kid, and died during the course of the game. Any other games cover multiple relationship phases? Um, 
I mean, indie games do. Like I, I was, I was mentioning Florence uh, mm. to the Moon. Right, does that kind of thing. Um, in terms of RPGs, there was one of the one of the Dragon Quest games. It was Dragon Quest Five, I think that that was about almost like two generations of a family. Mm. So you got that. You got that whole thing. You got to see Ezio all the way from birth to death. Oh yeah. Well, that wasn't relationships. That was just a dude. That is true. Uh, Maquette, Andy Anako, that's a good point. Maquette did a good job. The puzzle game from last year, the sort of the, um, what do they call it? Where you did you play Maquette? That puzzle game? Oh yeah, yeah. What's what's the term for that thing? Where you uh, uh, recursive? Is it recursive? Uh, I guess. Where you, where you go into the thing, and then all of a sudden you're on the outside of the thing, and then you're back into the thing. Yeah, it's a weird puzzle game. It is. Anyway. Sinistar gives five dollars and says, "I spent more time in Fire Emblem playing Matchmaker than I did finding my own love interest. I'd like to see a game based solely on matchmaking." Yeah, I keep bringing it up because it does feel like a sort of untapped market in the world of waifu hunting. And it seems like that could be an entire angle. Like, yeah, that's the the game's hook is the matchmaking. Maybe you could find a waifu. Maybe you could find waifus for all your NPCs. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you could just. Uh, forego waifus yourself and totally dedicate yourself to bringing people together. There you go. Okay. Uh, Hot Creamy Fart gives $2 and says, What's the word on Starstruck Vagabond? Cheers. Well, you'll be wanting to watch uh, my uh, latest extra punctuation that's been available to members since last Thursday. Because that is the very topic on discussion. Incredible. La di da. Everyone else will have to wait till Thursday. I ain't gonna spoil it. Like the peasants. Is this twist that the game's cancelled? No. Okay, never mind. The twist is that I'm still working on the bloody thing after all these years. <laughs> that but game you know, a lot of time. Well, well, it's a hobby, you know. Yeah. Uh, if it were my day job, I'm sure I could have hacked it out a lot quicker. Yeah. But I got all these videos to make and all these podcasts to record. Yeah, top 10 waifus you're working on. There you go. Uh, Lennart Soikaboik gives 10 euros and says, Yahtzee, you've been doing ZP for 16 years, and yet you've never been tainted by controversy. Well, most YouTubers crash and burn in less than six years. What's your secret? Uh, consistency. Don't expect mm-hmm. everyone's going to come to every new thing you do. Just, you know, give them a nice, comfortable place to keep coming back to that never changes. Yep. Be the comfort zone. Oh, that sounds nice. And all that. Exactly. Uh, Mark Lara gave us $5 and says, In games that let you choose a partner to romance, e.g. Bioware, I never really connected with any of the characters. Not so for more linear games. Um... Yeah, I've always thought Bioware characters had a problem with uh, uh, coming across as real people. That's yeah, they almost feel like they're there to be romanced. And Yeah, and also the way conversations done in those games is always, they've always got a case of what I've called Bioware face, where the, you and the NPC just maintain constant fixed eye contact, standing like three feet away from each other while Very talking, helpful. and it all comes Very across helpful. as a little bit awkward. I don't like it at all. Uh, Snake in the Garden gives two euros and says, Yats, what does your own waifu kiss? Seen 
Adventure is Nigh. Yeah, she's seen it. She likes it. I'm not sure if she's all caught up, but she watches it when she gets the chance. Who's your favorite character? I think most people who do give Adventure is Nigh a chance uh, get into it. It's like a big old soap opera these days. It is. Yeah, everyone's saying how 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 crazy it is that how how much uh, better and more emotional season two is now that you guys have uh, yeah we've we've settled into our roles nicely. And uh, in our last episode, there were some very touching character moments. Yeah, I mean, just imagine imagine even how much better it's going to be in person uh, when we film season three in just a few months. I mean, in the most recent episode that's currently available to members, Jack successfully confronts my character Mortimer with the most difficult situation he's ever been in. A situation in which, for various contrived reasons, he has to be sincere. Oh, no. I know. It's your weakness. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's great. And, uh, well... That's the last of the Super Chats, which got us all the way to 83% towards oh my Casey and Marty playing the Half-Life series. We did so good, everybody. Yeah, well, still five days to go. Good. I have to... Uh, we have to start busking. Better, yeah. Do a slightly better job than that, everyone. <laughs> We're going to have to make that kind of money every day for the next five days. I believe in us. Well, anyway, thanks for watching. Slightly something else. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have got a new zero punctuation on Wednesday, as usual, and the post-CP stream at the usual time. I've got an extra punctuation dropping for everyone on YouTube on the subject of Starstruck Vagabond, and we will be streaming some Sea of Thieves on Thursday. Heck yeah. That'll be me and you, Central. me and you and Jack and Nick will be the yeah. scurvy crew playing uh, a bit of Sea of Thieves for a while, as demanded by our Patreon subscribers. What else we got coming up? Oh my god, we have so much. Uh, Hidden Gems is going to be up tonight. A game, it had the word trash in the title. Can't remember what it is. Jesse was like, okay. this game is $3 that has the word trash. Trash quest. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll have uh, the recap and uh, Nick's uh, editor's backlog and the recap. We'll be able to talk about early impressions of The Last of Us HBO series. Embargo's mm. dropping, so we'll be able to tell you whether it's thumbs up or thumbs down. I'm giving you what thumb it is right now, but you can't see because my camera's not working. I'm going to imagine that it's uh, thumb along the middle. Thumb, it's, just, it's just a sideways thumb. Uh, and then, yeah, all the, all the usual streams got a war on Thursday. Uh, uh, we have a breakout, and then we have uh, more Revengeance on, on uh, or that was on Wednesday, more Revengeance on Thursday. All the good stuff. All the great stuff. It's it's going to be amazing. You guys are going to love it. All right. Well, that'll be about it from us. <laughs> Here is a small dog. Small dog. Small dog with vicious, vicious teeth. Aww. Who's enjoying his newfound freedom because until recently his mummy didn't like him being in the house without a sash over his <laughs> naughty bits because he oh, had a tendency no. to wee in the house. But, oh, but he's he, good now? But he hasn't weed in the house for a while, so he's undergoing a trial period of not needing a little doggy diaper. Well done, Toffee. Yeah. I am so proud of you, Toffee. Just when you think you can, there's no more character development for you in life. <laughs> Just like Mortimer. Toffee is growing. There you go. All right. Uh, that's it from us. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, Bye all.